Welcome in to 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and as always, I'm excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on the show. And we have got ourselves a trade to talk about. Going official just a few moments ago from me hitting record on this podcast, the Colorado Rockies have traded reliever Pierce Johnson to Atlanta in exchange for a couple of right-handed pitchers named Victor Vodnik and Tanner Gordon. So I'm going to dive deep into this trade, uh, talk a little bit about what it means in just in and of itself, what it could mean for the Rockies a little bit more long-term, other trades that may be on the horizon, what this might signify about the market. And if I've got enough time at the end of it, I've got a little note on Brenton Doyle that I want to talk about, which isn't related to any of this stuff. If I feel like we've uh, had a, a full conversation on the trade, then I'll leave the Brenton Doyle conversation for another time. But let's dive into this. So Colorado Rockies and Colorado native Pierce Johnson have parted ways after what was a very up and down uh, 39 innings of uh, work here, right? He obviously started fairly strong, being named the team's closer out of spring training when Daniel Bard was going through his issues. And out of the gate, kind of had this up and down like two sides of the coin situation going on right where he was giving up runs but not when it was save opportunities especially early on he converted i believe his first 11 save opportunities but then he started the the, those two things started catching up to each other right he started giving up the runs when it was save chances he blew a couple in a row Uh, And then he wasn't performing well outside of that, and he had a pretty bad stretch there. Over his last several games, he's been much better, and that's clearly something that Atlanta wanted to see. Now, there's a a lot to go on there, and it's almost impossible to, in 39 innings, try to break down all of what was going on there, right? Right. You can try to adjust for the ballpark, which puts him in an ERA plus of 85 on the raw ERA of six. So well below the league average, but not, you know, worst pitcher in baseball low, like not in the 50s, right? And so you might be wondering, well, why then was Atlanta willing to give up somebody who's rated by MLB Pipeline, Victor Vodnik, their 10th? highest rated prospect and another right-handed arm with some potential and a big old body Tanner Gordon's six foot five 215 why would they give up those guys to get Pierce Johnson who's not by these numbers having a good season well obviously you do have to take some of the Coors Field effect into account more than just you can adjust for with these numbers to what extent uh, was him trying to adjust to those things hurting his game. He did have really good strikeout numbers so far this year, 58 strikeouts in 30 innings. Like I said, he he seems like he had been a lot better lately. And perhaps you, you could argue if you're Atlanta here that being thrust into that closers role for the first time in his career, by the way, maybe put a bit too much pressure on Pierce to try to be a little bit too perfect And that's part of why, as we saw, the stuff is really good. Pierce Johnson has a pretty fantastic fastball-curveball combination. The problem here was he just wasn't commanding it. 
He wasn't. He was walking too many guys. He was leaving too many curveballs and fastballs over the heart of the plate, and that was leading to the home runs and the walks and, and, and things like that. It is absolutely perfectly reasonable to expect, and in fact, I, I fully do expect, that that's going to even out for him a bit in Atlanta. And I wouldn't be shocked, again, I almost fully expect for there to be conversations and, and think pieces written at the end of the season after Pierce has had a really nice end with Atlanta and probably been a part of a postseason run because that's another team with World Series aspirations that, you know, people are going, oh, man, how did the Rockies let this guy slip through their fingers? What did their pitching coaches not know how to do that they figured out in Atlanta, right? But it just, it almost always happens that you stabilize when you stop having to deal with the dramatic changes in how pitches move at Coors Field versus at other ballparks, especially the other ballparks in the division. You're not having to make those extreme adjustments anymore. Your pitches are landing a little bit more where you expect them to, and you can more better bad phraseology drew you can more better take advantage of your natural stuff of a fastball with 96 miles an hour and some late movement on it and sink and a really wipe out curveball great pitches so i'm betting he has a pretty solid finish to the season down there in atlanta and you know make of that whatever you will but i think it's going to be hard to argue that the rockies didn't do about as well as they could have here getting a couple of pitchers out of this guy who again on the surface level wasn't pitching exceptionally i think both sides rightfully recognize that there's more out of pierce johnson there and i'll get to the other potential trades here in a minute but if pierce johnson's worth these two guys then some of these other relievers really should get moved if they can get similar things or if they're getting better they've they gotta get moved two final things on pierce johnson specifically uh, one is that he will be a free agent at the end of the season so remember this is what the rockies are getting for half a season of pierce johnson i haven't heard anything about the money and i don't know how much it'll matter for the rest of the year but he was making about five million so that'll save them some and if they pay that forward in the offseason that could be another potentially good thing about this but Colorado native guy who did find some success here but was searching for it I had said before that he's a guy I could see finding it down the road especially and I would not be at all against uh, a conversation around bringing him back next season it's absolutely on the table so if you're somebody who's uh, you know, heartbroken about losing Pierce Johnson, despite the fact that he had definitely had his struggles this year, know that it's actually entirely possible that the Rockies get these two prospects for him. And if they're building a decent bullpen again in the offseason, they think, you know, let's give him another run at it, at tackling this beast of Coors Field. Uh, they could go and, and pick him back up, especially if he does finish well with Atlanta. It's, it's an option on the table, and it's at least worth mentioning. But uh, I personally will miss talking to him he was one of the the more animated better storytellers in the clubhouse this season and him being a colorado native somebody who grew up a colorado rockies fan he knows his rockies history it was fun to dive into some of those things with him and so i will miss that good guy and uh, i hope to see him again around the baseball world very very soon so let's talk about the two players the rockies got we got to begin with victor vodnik who looks like it could be he could be uh, a big get here. Uh, 23 years old, and he's in double A right now. Six feet tall, 200 pounds, so not nearly as large as the other guy got. 
but he has got some absolutely fascinating uh, peripherals and, and scouting reports here. Uh, he wasn't a high draft pick. He was taken like in the 14th round or something like that, but he's really shown out in the minors to an extent. He has a fastball rated by fan graphs at 70. Remember, it maxes out at 80 on this scale with 50 being the major league average saw some footage being retweeted by our friends over at blake street banter both on his fastball and the changeup. the fastball touching 99 miles an hour in some of the video that they were sharing so it is an electric fastball out of the hands of victor vodnik what a great name that is by the way victor vodnik uh, that's going to be fun to say. It might be Vodnik. I actually haven't heard it pronounced yet. This just happened moments ago. So uh, anyway, the changeup is also rated at uh, slightly above average at 50 or 55. They, they see it as a 50 right now, which would be right at major league average with possibility to go up. And some of the video, the, the, the changeup looked pretty good. He also throws a slider at just below league average again, according to uh, fan graphs. Those are all, though, where he is right now at 23 years old. And those types of things tend to be conservative estimates. You'll very, very, very rarely see 80s and things like that. It's just it's not common, right? Uh, they don't love his command, giving it a score of 35, potentially 40, and seeing him at a future value of 40, so below league average. Now, he has been a reliever. Uh, this isn't a, you know, a starting arm that's going to come in and throw 99 with a league average changeup. But a reliever, if he's already got that much of a an above major league average fastball, and it looks like he does, with a changeup to keep hitters honest, as it were, well, that's part of the reason why for the last several seasons he's averaged over 10 strikeouts per nine innings. His strikeout numbers in the minors are massive. In fact, there's only one season of his minor league career, which began in 2018. So in 2019, I'll, I'll just start at the beginning. In 2018, he only pitched 4.2 innings, 17.36 Ks per nine. Ridiculous. Uh, not a real number. Doesn't, that doesn't really matter. But his first real season of professional baseball at a ball, 67 innings pitched and a 9.22 K per nine rate, uh, a 3.21 walk per nine rate. So that was actually, uh, to get ahead of myself a little bit here, that's his best walk rate. And that's the thing I'm worried about the most when it comes to Victor Vodnik. Uh, that year he put up a 294 ERA, very, very good 2019 season at age 19 in A-ball. That's electric stuff. Pretty big, close to huge, but not quite huge strikeout numbers. Uh, tolerable walk numbers, good ERA. Then it starts to get a little bit dicey. The next season, well, actually, the next season he didn't play because nobody in the minors did. It was 2020 and there was a global pandemic. In 2021, at age 21, so I guess that's easy to keep up with. <laughs> that, that, that'll make that easier to keep straight. Uh, he pitched 33.2 innings with a 535 ERA at AA. So his first taste of AA at 21 years old, and that's a tough jump. But he did also maintain those monster strikeout numbers. In fact, they got even better. At 10.96 Ks per nine innings. That's elite. Now, the flip side. The concern. 5.88 walks per nine. That's way too high. That's double what you'd like. And, and certainly a walk and a half, at least an inning more than what would even be kind of acceptable. Um, this is... 
playing with fire type of numbers. And it's essentially been his profile since. Now, what's interesting is it didn't burn him. Speaking of playing with fire in triple A at age 22, 27 innings pitched 10.73 strikeouts per nine. That's a lot of swinging and missing, but 5.2 walks per nine. Brought it down a little bit, brought it down almost a full walk, but walking over five guys per nine innings, especially at Coors Field, is just unacceptable. Like you can't you you can't find consistent success walking that many guys. Now, in the minors, that gives them a, a 293 ERA last year over those 27 innings pitched, because you know, you can walk the bases loaded and then strike out the side. Uh, you're not going to have as many guys put up a, a professional at bat where, you know, a ground ball to the right side scores one run, a sack fly brings in another after you've walked the bases loaded. You know, major league hitters figure out a way to make those kind of walk numbers punish you. Uh, and then it gets just even more extreme so far this season. Atlanta apparently not super thrilled with the, the walk rate. Sent him back down to double A. So remember, he had been in AAA in 2022. He goes back down to double A. So in this this year, 2023, AA is where he's been. 40.2 innings pitched, pretty sizable workload. 12.39 strikeouts per nine innings. That's ridiculous. That's among the biggest numbers in the minors. If it was in the majors, and obviously these these things don't necessarily translate but that's the kind of you know elite reliever in the majors won't always lead the league at over 12 strikeouts per nine monster but 5.53 walks per nine you can't do that so he's got a 310 era uh and you you can absolutely understand both why Atlanta might be saying ah we feel like this guy is stagnating a bit and he's 23 years old so there's still plenty of time you know some of these guys we've seen you know Justin Lawrence finding himself at 25 you, you know so and and still be considered a young guy who's got plenty more development and and growth to be had right it can absolutely lock in for these guys and the the path to more success couldn't be more obvious for Victor Vodnik. Throw more strikes. Like if you're striking out 12 guys per nine innings, if, if you've got that kind of strikeout stuff, you've got to put the ball in the zone a little bit more to maybe let him roll one over every once in a while. They do, Like his home run numbers are really, really low. Right? Last year, 0.65 home runs per nine. This year, 0.44. No one's lining this guy up. Right, and it doesn't look like teams are really stringing innings together against him either. Like his FIP numbers aren't especially high, three fifty six this year. The fielding independent pitching, like he's not getting super lucky either. He just appears to be walking the bases loaded and striking out the side almost every time he goes out there. <laughs> like it's it's a pretty remarkable profile. So if the Rockies can or he can get himself to throw the ball in the zone a little bit more, they they really might have something here. Now, remember we talked about with the Mike Moustakis trade, you can't put all of your eggs in one basket with any of these guys. That And I'm not going to go as deeply through the profile of Tanner Gordon, uh, who doesn't have quite as much 
prospect hype. According to Pipeline, I saw him. He was in the late 20s in Atlanta's list. Uh, you know, he's got an 828 ERA and 29 innings pitched this year at AAA, so it hasn't been great. It was 461 last year at AA and 531 the year before that at AA. He's done some starting. Uh, he's done some relieving. It's, you know, a little unclear to me just looking through his profile. The one nice thing about him is he does have pretty low walk rates. Uh, three walks per nine this year, 2.38 last year. Uh, with an 874. So those peripherals are nice. And his fielding independent pitching, I should note, he's got an 828 ERA this year, but the fielding independent pitching is 461. So he's been incredibly unlucky with the defense behind him. Still, there isn't anything that jumps off the the profile for me with this guy at 25 in AAA, having yet to make his major league debut. But this does bring me back to the point I was starting to make to wrap up the Victor Vodnet talk as well, which is you need guys. You need arms specifically, right? An army of them. And they got an arm for Mike Moustakis. And they get two more here for Pierce Johnson. Both players who were unlikely to stick around. You never know, but to, to have a ton of value. Uh, you know, Pierce Johnson's going to be 33 next season. Here you've got guys that are 23 and 25 with some skills that you like. In Vodnik's case, potentially a future electric relief arm. This, this guy absolutely could be a closer or setup man of the future. He could also just end up being one of those guys you like in the sixth or seventh inning. And, of course, they've all got the potential to not really end up being much of anything. Given this profile, I would be stunned if we don't see actually both of them at some point over the next year, over the next calendar year, uh, in the bigs, considering the Rockies need for to, to, to figure out what they've got in their bullpen and in their rotation. I don't think either guy is a future rotation arm necessarily. It doesn't look that way. Uh, you, you never know. I haven't talked to anybody, so it'll be interesting to, to learn that. But uh, Vodnik hasn't been a starter. And uh, despite their need, I would be surprised if they wanted to take a guy who... Uh, you know, well, he has made five starts this year in Tanner Gordon, so maybe Gordon's a guy they they hope can be some rotation depth. Uh, but again, obviously the numbers aren't jumping off the page at you there, other than the low walk rate, which can only take you so far. But they got guys, they got guys who can be around for several years, who can be given some time to grow and develop, and maybe turn into something, and that's fantastic. So. Two things then on the bigger picture with the trades, and I'm not going to get to the Doyle stuff. We'll just do trade talk today. One is, okay, now have the Rockies signified even more, and I keep hearing this, and I keep hearing it from people that I trust, but I've heard things from people that I trust that haven't panned out before. Sometimes they just don't pan out that way, and then people get mad at you. But anyway, the the Rockies are going to be active. They're going to be active at this trade deadline. I put the over-under at two and a half. Uh, on this show, on a radio uh, broadcast I did with some of the Mile High Sports guys, I think that was with Sandy and Cloth, or Sa- Sandy and Cloth, <laughs> Sean Drotar and Sandy Cloth, where I said two and a half. Right now, I don't, I don't know if we're counting the Mike Moustakis trade or not. I'll say not for now because I think I, I came up with this two and a half after the fact. So this counts for one absolutely. Another trade similar to this, and it's okay. They didn't do nothing. 
you can't criticize them for doing nothing like they always do, right? Two trades plus the Moustakis one isn't world beating, isn't, you know, I'm calling my mom and telling them that the Rockies have totally changed who they are, but it's noteworthy. Three trades and you've had a decent, again, you got to note the the players a little bit, but none of us has a crystal ball. Nobody knows the future. Largely, they're going to be acquiring prospects anyway. So as long as what they're getting back are young arms with some potential and something that you can look at on the resume and go, okay, that's a thing. Like Victor Vodnik's 70 grade fastball. <laughs> a thing. Very much a thing. Okay, cool. That's something you've got, right? They do that two more times. They've had, in my view, a successful, not an overwhelmingly successful, depending on the trades, but a successful 2023 MLB trade deadline. You get, you know, over that by any more if they manage to move out. And now let me get to the other thing, the specific thing. If this is what Pierce Johnson is worth in this market to teams that are trying to add relief arms for a stretch run, then Brent Suter, Brad Hand, Daniel Bard, who have all had much better 2023 seasons, should be traded and should be able to net you something pretty darn good. Uh, now, why why did I leave off Justin Lawrence and Jake Bird? Well, they're younger. They've got longer deals and you still need something to build around in the future. I could see some people going, dude, Justin Lawrence is the guy with all the value flip him like you gotta have somebody in your future and those kinds of dudes don't come around that often right but other than bird and lawrence i'd be looking at all of these guys particularly brent Suter with his 262 era over 44 innings pitched a 195 era plus that is elite elite stuff and he's a lefty that's that much more valuable, incredibly valuable. Brent Suter should net the Rockies some pretty fascinating players. That's one that almost, and and again, much like Pierce Johnson, one of my favorite guys to talk to, Brent Suter is one of the most, um, how do I say, more most worldly, one of the people who's most interested in things other than baseball, right? A lot of these guys, and, and I absolutely love them dearly when they do it, but some of them just, it's baseball 24-7. They think, eat, breathe, baseball right? Lots of them also have plenty of other things that they think and talk about. Brent Suter is one of those guys who's interested in everything and like plays a bunch of instruments and can talk to you about anything and everything is you know, very kind to everybody that he sees and meets. But he's also a lefty reliever who's having a phenomenal season and the Rockies have got to get what they can for him. Uh, Brad Hand, not as overwhelmingly good and a little bit more in terms of the health concerns there. Uh, but still with a 109 ERA plus and 32 innings pitched from a lefty. That has value. If Pierce Johnson's 85 ERA plus, right? Pierce Johnson arguably has the worst numbers of anybody in the Rockies bullpen. And he just got them two pretty solid prospects here. So, yeah, now they've almost set the stage where it'll be highly disappointing if they don't move at least one or two of Suter, Hand, and Bard. And if they can move all three of them and get prospect packages that are slightly better than what they just got from Atlanta, then the Rockies can have an incredible 
trade deadline here, a really successful trade deadline that injects a ton of talent into the system right away and ultimately not lose anything that they weren't going to lose to free agency anyway. And if they pull this off, you've, you've got to, and I know I'm maybe counting my chickens before they hatch on this one because he hasn't done it yet. This was step one, right? But you've got to give Bill Schmidt credit if he manages to pull this off and trade all these guys. Not, you said, you could say, well, Drew, it's the obvious thing to trade these guys. He's got relievers with value. You move them at the deadline when you're not going to be a competitive team. You don't give points for doing the obvious thing. you got to give Schmitty credit for giving signing these guys in the first place because when he brought them on board a lot of people you know Mustakis the same thing what are they even doing here now I worry about Profar's contract I think they might be stuck with him but the rest of these guys if they move him out it will not only do you have to give him credit for doing what needed to be done at the trade deadline but you got to go back to the last offseason during spring training and say good forethought and good planning to bring in players who you almost certainly knew at the time weren't going to be a part of a winning Rockies team, but you were able to flip for players who very well could be. You got to give him some credit for doing that. But again, he's got to do that. <laughs> so that's that's where we are right now, right? This is a good trade. Borderline excellent, considering I wasn't sure they were going to be able to move Pierce because of his struggles this year. You get two guys with some some pretty interesting pedigree here. All right. You do that two, three, four, five more times, and you can actually inject something into this fan base and into this franchise that they haven't had since the Nolan Arenado trade. Hope. Thank you all for listening in to this episode of 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I hope you will continue to check out all of the written content over at milehighsports.com. And please make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Got lots of great MLB trade deadline content coming your way over this week. Talked about the Matt Holiday and Carlos Gonzalez trade. Got the Troy Tulowitzki trade up. There are a couple of big ones. You can probably guess which ones coming your way very soon so make sure that you're subscribed to all that and checking out all of the other sports everything we've got for you there at milehighsports.com thank you all for listening in and continuing to be absolutely awesome out of there you know that i will continue to be absolutely drew creaseman in here and until next time i will see you Bye.